Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called the Ata Tetzave. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on the night leading into Thursday, in the week of Parshat Tetzave, which that year was Zion Oder, the seventh day of the month of Adar, in the year Tavshin Memhei, 37 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse in the Torah portion where it begins and it says, the and you, Moshe should command the Jewish people, they should bring to you olive oil, which should be pure for lighting the menorah. And the verse says, it should be, the light should burn steady. We're in the oil moyer, the tent of meeting. And then it says that Aroin Hakoyin, should be the one that should set up the menorah, and should burn from evening to the morning in front of Hashem. So Rabbi said it's known the questions that are asked from the uh, different Hasidic discourses from the Hasidic Rabbeim over the years. You know, since the mitzvah is, as the Torah says clearly, who's the one that sets up the menorah? Aaron sets up the menorah. So why was the command that we should bring the oil to, to Moshe Rabbeinu? And as we have to bring it to Moshe, why to Moshe? Bring it directly to Aaron Akoyin. That's question number one. Also, we have to understand, what does it say? It says, the Atat Tzavas B'nai Yisrael, that Moshe Rabbeinu should command the Jewish people. You know, it says, it doesn't say who, but we know it's referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. But the question is, the whole Torah was given through Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is one that instructed us all the mitzvahs. So why does it have to point out and say, Viata, you, and again referring to Moshe Rabbeinu, that he's the one to command the Jewish people. And especially, like we pointed out before, that this was more a, a mitzvah which has to do with Aaron. Aaron's one that lit the menorah. So again, so why is it Viata Tzava referring to specifically to Moshe Rabbeinu? Also, another question, if you look in the verse, what does it say? They should bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he's going to bring up Lahalis Ner Tumid. That the candle is going to burn forever. Steady. But on the other hand, the second verse, when it refers to Aaron, it says, May Erev had boiker from the evening to the morning. Why the difference when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ne'er Tumid is steady burning. And by Aaron, it says, from the evening to the morning. So Rebbe says, to understand this, it's going to be understood based on important and a foundational Kabbalistic idea. And that is that the ultimate spiritual service that we have is to make a strong, unified connection between us and Hashem. In other words, we are here for one purpose, one purpose only, to establish a strong and unified connection with Hashem. Why is that? Because Hashem and the Jewish people is just like, in an analogy, it would be like a bride and a groom. Just like by a chassan and a kala, a bride and a groom, you want the relationship to be strong. So the same thing also, our relationship with Hashem, Hashem is considered the chatan, the groom. We're considered the bride. So you want that the relationship be very, very strong. And therefore, based on this foundation, that again, it's all about making that strong relation between us and Hashem, just like a chassan and kala. So therefore, just like when it comes to a chassan and kala, a bride and a groom, literally, so when they go to the wedding, so we know there's something which is called the the um, the unterfering Yiddish, or in English, the escorts, 
Or in Hebrew, it's called a shushvinin. In other words, what is a shushvinin? In other words, you, why do you need an escort? But since the chasin is coming from his world, the kala is coming from her world, so you have the bridesmaids and the groom, the groomsmans that come and bring, bring the groom to the bride and bring the bride to the groom. In other words, so what is this? In Hebrew, it's called shushvinin. So the shushvinin, the unterfer, or the, uh, the, the, um, the escort of the chasen is called in Hebrew, it's called Shushvinin de Malka. It means it's the escort from the king, so to speak. Which that job of the Shushvinin de Malka is to bring the chasen, the groom, to the bride. Then you have the Shushvinim of the, of the, of the, of the Kala, which basically brings the bride to the groom. So in the world of Kabbalah, it's called Shushvino de Meteronisa, which their job is to bring the Kala to the chasen to create that union. So the same thing also, just like physically, you have the bridesmaids and the, the best man for the, the best men for the, for the, for the, for the groom. So the same thing also between the Jewish people and God in our relationship and our marriage, where Hashem, so to speak, is the groom and we are the bride. So we also have the Shashvinim, the, the escorts that bring God closer to us. And then you have the Shashvinim of the bride, which is us, the Matronisa, that bring us closer to Hashem. What, who is that? Who are the escorts that unify the relationship between the Jewish people and God and God and the Jewish people? So Moshe Rabbeinu is known to be the Shushvin and the Malka. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that escorts God and brings God closer to the Jewish people. And Aaron, on the other hand, he is the Shushvin of the Risa. His job is to bring us, the Jewish people, the Kala, the, the bride, closer to Hashem. So once we have that as a spiritual backdrop, so let's get it clear before we go into it a little deeper. So in other words, the goal is to create the union between God and the Jewish people. And and why is that? Because it's a relationship. So just like in a relationship, you need people to escort the bride, and you need people to escort the groom. So in this case also, Moshe Rabbeinu is, 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 is bringing Hashem closer to the Jewish people, so to speak, from a spiritually high place down to a physically lower place. And Aaron's job is to elevate us to a higher place. So based on this, Rebbe explains beautifully this whole idea, these verses about the menorah. And he says like this. What does it say by, by Aaron? It says, when you elevate the candles. Now, what does that mean, candles? And there's physical candles. But we also know the spiritual candles. What are the spiritual candles? So the spiritual candles, candle in Hebrew is a nair, a candle, is referring to the Neshamah Yisrael, referring to the Jewish people. What is it based on? Because the verse says clearly, Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam. The candle of Hashem is the soul of human beings. So we are the, we are the candles. So Aaron's job is to elevate us. Arnishamois. Us as a candle to Hashem. And specifically, like it says, what is he elevating? He's elevating the candles of the candelabra. Like the author explains at length in the Kutli Torah and Parshish Ba'aloyscha, that the seven candles of the Menorah is referring to the different types and the different levels of the souls. So Aaron's job is to elevate the soul, but now the soul Menorah is plural, and like the author says in the Kutli Torah, all the different types of souls, the seven types of souls. So Aaron's uh, uh, spiritual job is to elevate the souls, to elevate our Neshamois and bring us closer to Hashem. Why is that Aaron's job? Because we said before, Aaron is Shushvina de Matronisa. He's the escort of the, of the bride to elevate the, the, the bride and to bring the bride, referring to the Jewish people, to the groom, which is Hashem. 
Now, that's on a spiritual level, and that's the job of iron. What does that mean practically for us? What is what is iron inspiring with us to do? It's not, it's not like the, uh, iron's just bringing us. He's inspiring us to be elevated and come close to Hashem. How do we become close to Hashem on the level of the bride, so to speak, ele- being elevated to the groom? Spiritually, that's referring to the spiritual service of prayer. Why? Because when a person prays, what do we do during prayer? It's not that we say the words and we meditate, but the whole idea of prayer is to elevate our physical body and leave the physical world and leave the materialistic world and come closer to Hashem. Like it says in reference to prayer, the famous uh, verse in the Torah in reference to Yaakov, Yaakov was sleeping at night and, and he dreamt. So it says, Sula Mutzavar, so there was a ladder that the feet were on the ground and the head was on high and he saw angels going up and uh, up and down, which referring to spiritually, that's referring to the idea of prayer. Prayer is where the feet are on the ground, we are on this physical world and we elevate ourselves up higher and higher to Hashem. So that is what Aaron represents. Aaron represents to elevate and bring the bride to the groom. In other words, to inspire us that we should go ahead and pray and elevate ourselves through prayer and therefore we become ready to have a deeper and more meaningful and appropriate relationship with Hashem. What is Moshe Rabbeinu's job? Moshe Rabbeinu is Shushvina de Malka. His spiritual job is to bring Hashem closer to the Jewish people. In other words, he's bringing the chasson, he's bringing the groom to the bride, which means practically he's bringing Hashem to the Jewish people. And that's why, what do we know? What's Moshe Rabbeinu known for? He was the one that went up at Mount Sinai. And he's the one that brought us a Torah. Why did he bring us a Torah? Because we all know it says, Oiraisa, the Kutchubrichu Kuluchad. Torah and Hashem is the same thing. So by bringing us the Torah, he brought us Hashem to us. So when, has, when Moshe Rabbeinu brought the Torah down to the Jewish people, what does that mean practically? He was literally bringing Hashem to us. He was bringing the, the groom, so to speak, to the bride. Now that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did. What does that mean practically on a spiritual level? How do we bring the, 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 the groom to the bride? How do we bring Hashem to us? That's when we learn Torah. Why? Because when you learn Torah on a spiritual level, that's drawing down the powerful light of Hashem, the powerful light of, Hashem, of, of Torah into our spirit, on, into our lives. And like the verse says, Hashem says, Hashem spoke to us from heaven. And as it says, the verse says, the words of Hashem are like fire. In other words, what does that mean? It's like fire. Fire usually goes up. But nevertheless, the fire of Torah came down to this world. As Hashem says, Torah is not meant to be learned on, on a spiritual level. It's high. It's Torah. It's Torah's Hashem. But the goal is to bring down that powerful Torah, the powerful light of Hashem into this world. So that's the two components of Moshe and Aaron. Aaron is the one that brings us up closer to Hashem, and practically we do it through prayer. And Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that brings Hashem closer to us, and practically it's done through the idea of Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu brought us Torah, when we learn Torah, we're connecting to that part of Hashem. So based on this, Rabbi explains beautifully the verse, and he says again, what does it say in the verse? The Yikhoi Lecha, and as we have to bring um, the olive oil to Moshe Rabbeinu, so that the candles will burn steady in the tent of meeting, and then Aaron is the one that sets it up from the evening to the morning. What is it, so what does that mean practically? It's referring to the two different components, as we already learned before, of Torah, 
which that's Moish Rabbeinu's job to bring us a Torah, and Tefillah, which that's our Avodah, to transform herself and come closer to Hashem. And here you see the way it plays out in the verse. Why? What does the verse say? <clears throat> what do we bring to Moish Rabbeinu? We bring to Moish Rabbeinu the olive oil, the pure olive oil that's crushed for lighting. In other words, we bring him the olive oil that's crushed for lighting. And when does it light? Steady, always. Now, what do we know now? What is that referring to? What is, what's the connection with Moish Rabbeinu? Moish Rabbeinu is connected to Torah. So therefore, since it's, it's referring to the idea of Torah, therefore we have to bring it to who? If it's Torah, Torah comes from Hashem through Moish Rabbeinu. So therefore, Torah we bring to Moish Rabbeinu. That's why when it refers to the oil, which is referring to with Torah, it says we should bring it to Moish Rabbeinu, because Moish Rabbeinu is the Shushvin of the Malka. He's the one that brings Hashem closer to us through Torah. But on the other hand, when it says the Yarech Oisai, the one that sets up the Menorah, the one that works in setting it up, what is that referring to? Prayer. And that's why, who's the one that sets up the Menorah? That's referring to Aaron. Aaron is the one that sets it up. Because he's the Shushvin of the He's the one that works on the lower level and inspiring us to do our work. And again, practically, we learned before, that's the idea of prayer. Now, based on this, Rebbe explains something beautiful, and he says as follows. <clears throat> what did we just learned? Shem and Zayis, the oil, the pure oil, which is to br- give off light, what is that referring to? It's referring to learning Torah. So, but in order to have the oil, the olive oil, what does the Torah say? You need to be kasis lamo'er. You have to crush the olive to bring the oil. In order to have the oil, which is represented, which represents the idea of learning Torah, first the olives have to be crushed. Why does it have to be crushed? Because in order to really learn Torah and to connect to the fact that it's Torah Hashem and to benefit from the light of the Torah, a person has to be go through a spiritual process of causes of being crushed, not in a physical way, God forbid, but in a spiritual way, which is the idea of what in Hebrew it's called bittel, by humbling oneself. And like the verse says, "V'nafshi ka'afra la'koltia," that my soul is like earth. In front of everybody. In other words, once I'm able to be nafshikah, I'm able to have humility, then then you'll open up my heart to learn Torah. So it knows as introduction, to be able to benefit from the powerful light of Torah, it has to be kasis lamoyer. We have to practice humility. And the greater humility, the more our heart will be open and to receive the Torah. And like we see, it says clearly in reference to Moshe Rabbeinu itself. What does it say in the Prophets? Zichru Torah's Moshe Avdi. Remember the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. We see, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu is connected to the Torah. But what is Moshe? What's Moshe Rabbeinu's um, title? Avdi, my servant. Why servant? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, in order for him to be a real student of Torah, to receive the Torah and give us the Torah, he had to be an Eved, which means he had to be someone that's totally humbled. Because specifically through humility, that's how you become a vehicle for learning Torah. If you want to be able to really get what Torah is saying, you want to connect to the Torah, and more important, to the light of the Torah as an introduction, there has to be the idea of kosis, there has to be the idea of bittel, there has to be the idea of humility. And that's why the Torah says clearly, kosis lamoir. It has to be crushed, humbled, to be the source of light. Why? Because when you think about an olive, and you think about oil, how do you get olive oil from the olive, the olive gets obliterated. 
If you have an olive and you don't crush it, how are you getting oil? In order to get the oil out, you have to crush the olive. So what does that mean? You take the olive and you crush it. You totally, it, it, it's gone. The olive is not there anymore. You crush so much and the oil comes out. So in other words, it literally gets obliterated. In Hebrew, it's called bitable metzias. It's totally humbled where it's non-existent. Or how much more so, at least the, the, the physical part, the bitle hayesh, the physical part of the olive gets destroyed. Up to the point where it's cusses, it's totally crushed. And Rebbe brings from the Talmud where it says, in reference to the idea of idolatry, and you want to get rid of idolatry, kasusi mechsishir has to be crushed, where it doesn't even have any 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 um, a dimension of a, a of a size that it could be considered um, something that exists. So if you want to be able to have oil, you have to crush the olive. The same thing also, if you want to be able to learn Torah and be connected to the light of Torah, a person has to practice and experience the idea of bittal humility, and then you'll be able to be connected to the two power, uh, the true power of Torah. That's one component. Remember, goes in a step further, and he says as follows. If you give a look, an olive on its own is very, very bitter. An olive on its own is bitter. And like Dara brings from the from the famous story in the, in the beginning of of, uh, of the Chumash, where um, when they when Noach sent out the dove from the from the from the ark, so he brought back an olive branch, and he, and the Rashi brings the commentary says that he says that my um, my food should be bitter like an olive, but it should be coming from Hashem. So we see clearly that an olive is bitter. And Rashi brings this um, in, in, in beginning in beginning of the, in the Torah about the story by Noach. So one thing we see about an olive, what's an olive? An olive is bitter. Also, it's brought down in the Talmud that when a person eats olives, plain olives, you can literally forget your learning of up to 70 years. So you see olives are bitter and it causes you forget, to forget. Olives on its own. So, But nevertheless, when you go ahead and you take that olive, that A is bitter and will cause you to forget and you crush it, what do you get out of it? You get literally olive oil. And not only do you get oil, which is for light, but it actually creates a source of light. So look at this. You have an olive, which is bitter, and it causes you to forget, but by crushing it, it becomes a source of light. The same thing also, if we want to be connected to learning Torah and the light of Torah, we have to work on our bittal. We have to work on our humility, and then we'll be able to have the great. Then we'll be then we'll be able to have the greatest benefit from the greatest power that Torah has to offer. Why is that? Because when a person practices bittal, when a person practices humility, up to the level of kusis, our whole ego gets obliterated. Then what happens is, you know what comes in that place where we get obliterated, where we create the vacuum? Torah comes in there. And Torah comes in a way, literally it's called Milmaila Lamata. God's Torah comes within us. But as long as we're not breaking our ego, where's it going? So we have to break our ego, break ourselves. We have to create the causes, but don't be afraid. Because in that area where you're going to create causes, where you're going to create humility, what's going to come in there, Milmaila Lamata, the Torah, the way it's on high, is going to come to that empty space. So it's not going to be empty, it's actually filled with, with something much more valuable. In other words, <clears throat> so when a person doesn't have to totally obliterate themselves, the person remains the person, you remain who you are, we're living in this physical world. What we crush is the ego part. It's not that we have to go have some kind of spiritual ecstasy out of our body. We literally stay where we are, but we humble ourselves, and by humbling ourselves, the Torah comes to us, where we are. 
In other words, the place where we are, because we're humbled, we literally draw in the most powerful light. So in other words, like this, it's important, the verb is bringing out a very important point. Not Godhead that we have to be obliterated. Not that we have to give up anything in this world. We remain who we are, where we are. We're giving up as the ego we're giving up. And the more we give up the ego, the more we're bringing in the powerful light of the Torah. And that's why when it comes to the component of the kosis, which means becoming humbled, which brings in the light of the Torah, what does it say? We're going to bring up lahalos, we're going to elevate, we're going to bring the light near tamid, a consistent light, an everlasting light. Why? Why is it everlasting? And the answer is because when you draw in Torah, when you draw in the light of Torah, you're drawing in from a power which is infinite, higher than time. And that's why it says near tamid, it's going to be consistent. If you bring in Torah into your life, the light's going to be on forever. Not just from the evening to the morning, always. And as we know, the Rebbe says, that Torah doesn't have any limits of time. You can learn about Torah by night, by day, nonstop. You can learn. We're supposed to learn Torah 24-7. As we know that the obligation to learn Torah is when? 24-7. We have exemptions. We have to work. We have to take care of our family. Other responsibilities. But other than that, the obligation to learn Torah is 24-7. Because Torah is not limited to time and space. But and, and the beauty of Torah, because it's not limited, 24-7 we can learn Torah, but we have to be humble first. And we're humble first, we bring in the powerful light of Torah. But what does it say afterwards? After we bring in the light of Torah, what does it say? Aaron is the one that sets up the, sets up the candelabra from the evening to the morning. Why is that? Why did he switch? Because as we learned before, when Aaron is referring to preparing us, that we should transform ourselves in this world. And that's referring, how do we do that? Through prayer. And we know that prayer is not where you're bringing a light like the Torah into this world. You're actually elevating yourself. It's called melmata lamayla. You're elevating your physical self. In other words, just like a fire, which which um, by nature it goes on high, like like Doctor explains in, in 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 Tanya. In other words. Why does the fire go on high? Because the fire and the oil that are in the candle, they totally get, get obliterated. And they go on high. Why? Because you're transforming the physical world. So Aaron's avoid is because he's referring to the idea of a prayer. And when it comes to prayer, it's much more work. And Robert brings out there are three different components that take place when you pray. Just to recap real quick, when you're learning, you have to do one thing, you have to be humbled. And then the powerful light of Torah comes within you, and that's 24-7. When it comes to prayer, it's a whole different process. What's the process of prayer? The Rebbe explains like there's a three components. One is the Torah says, Aaron has to appear, the, the candelabra. What does that mean practically? So we know when you pray, you can't just walk in and praying. It doesn't work that way. You walk in and start praying, your, your mind's all over the place. So the first thing you have to do, you have to meditate. You have to get your thoughts organized. You have to prepare yourself. So Yarech means you have to appear for prayer. You can't just walk in and okay, I'm ready to pray. You, you, we know, for example, physically, you put on, your clothes, you put on a, a jacket. Uh, if you're, if some people wear a gartel, a, a sash around themselves. You wash your hands. You meditate. You get your thoughts together. Yarech, when it comes to prayer, the first step is you have to be prepared for prayer. That's component number one. What is the second thing that says in reference to prayer? And it's in reference to Yarech, preparing the manure, which is referring to the idea of prayer. It says, Baha'u'llah, it's you have to elevate it. What does elevate mean? You elevate from elevate from physically down here on a spiritual high. It means you have to start preparing your your physical uh, the physical space you're in, the physical body, the physical world you're in. You have to elevate the world. We're, we're running around. We get connected to the world, so you have to disconnect a little bit from the world. That's the second thing. 
What's the third component in prayer? In other words, it's not that you get you ready and you get you dis, you know you get disconnected and then boom you leave this world. No, 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 but bring it down. You got to bring the light of prayer into this world. So in other words, prayer requires three things. Just to recap, number one is you got to prepare. You got to meditate. You got to get yourself ready. Number one. Number two is you have to elevate yourself out of this world. And number three, you have to bring you, bring back the light of prayer into this world. That's why it's just those three components. So that's why Job explains, it says, in reference to lighting the manure, it says, me erevat boiker, from evening to the morning. What does it mean for me? What does it mean from evening to the morning? There's a, there's a process. There's an evening and there's a morning and you go from evening to the morning. Why? Because in prayer, there's different levels. There's again, there's first meditation, then you have to try, then you have to get the, you know, elevate the physical place, then you got to bring it back down into this world, etc. And, Generally speaking, there's an idea of Erev, evening, and there's an idea of Boiker, morning. What does that mean, Erev? No, Erev means where it's dark. It means you're elevating the physical and bringing it onto a higher, a higher level. And Boiker means now you're bringing that back down into this world. You're bringing it down, um, <coughs> down, down into the physical world. And uh, the Rebbe says this is also, we see practically when it comes to prayer, we know that, for example, we mentioned before Torah, when do you learn Torah? 24-7. Prayer, you don't, you don't pray 24-7. The obligation to pray is not constant, just like when you learn Torah, but the, the obligation to pray is in the evening and the morning, like we find by the sacrifices, that there was the evening sacrifice that was brought every day and the morning sacrifice that was brought every day. And the prayers are in place of the sacrifices. So you have the evening sacrifice, the morning sacrifice, and you also have the afternoon sacrifices, but there are set times to pray. And that's why it, it begins, so that, and that basically Shabbat explains why he starts off with Moish Rabbeinu, where it says, Yikhoi Lecha. That we should bring the shemen to, we should bring the oil to Maitrebeno. And as before Aaron does the avoida of prayer, the first thing is learning Torah. Why? Because the first thing you need is, you need first Shushvina the Malka. You first, you need the, the escort of the king, which is referring to Hashem, which is referring to Limit Torah. Before Shushvina Maitrebeno, which is referring to our work and our prayer. Why? Because practically speaking, there was a very simple. You want to pray? We all want to pray. But in order to pray, you have to learn Torah. You have to know how to pray, what you're praying. So Torah comes before prayer, practically. In other words, because in order to know how to pray, you have to learn the laws of prayer. When to pray, how to pray, where to pray, what to pray, and so on and so forth. But when a person learns, and you learn how to pray, then you can pray appropriately. So that's why it first says you should bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu represents Torah. Once we have Torah, then we can go over and do the avoid of a prayer. And then, and then even in the prayer, as we mentioned before, there's three levels. There's preparing yourself, there's meditation, there's elevating yourself out from the world, and there's bringing the light back into the world, etc. So it starts off with the idea of prayer, and then you go, from Torah, and then you go into the idea of prayer. And based on this, it explains now another beautiful part of the verse. What does the, what does the verse open up and it says, the atatetzava. And you're going to command. And again, it doesn't spell Moshe Rabbeinu's name, but we know it's referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why the why Moshe Rabbeinu? And Rabbi explains like this. Generally speaking, it's known any time we want to do anything spiritual work, we want to work on ourselves, we want to become close to Hashem, whether it's learning Torah or prayer, anytime we want to create a relationship, we want to do anything uh, in terms of our relationship with Hashem, we need to have, in Hebrew it's called Siyat HaDashmaya. You need help from Hashem. 
true, we're going to put in all our effort, but without Hashem's help, we're not going to get too far. So anytime we want to do anything, we need Siat Nishmai, we need El from Hashem. And that's why it says, the Atta, you Moshe, and you're going to command the Jewish people. Why? Because before even the details, of the work of the, of the, of the, um, the, of the groom and the work of the bride. You know, there's the escort of the, of the groom and the escort of the bride learning Torah and praying, etc. You need to have the power, the energy from Hashem. And that's why it says the Atta Tetzava. What does Tetzava mean? You're going to command and you're going to connect. Moshe Rabbeinu's first job is to give us that Siat Shemai to connect us to Hashem. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu's job is to connect the Chasson and the Kala. To connect the bride, to connect the groom, to create that union. And he's going to do it both ways. Milmaila lamata and milmaila lamaila. And then you're able to go through all the pro- all the process and all the details, etc. And what does that mean specifically, the, the specific connection? So he can explains like this. So the first thing is we have to have Moshe has to create the connection. But then it says, we're going to go into more specific. What is, what is the deep, the, the connection? So what does it say? Ve'atatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat
and literally based on the word of the Atta, the Atta has both the, 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 the connection between Vav of the Zah and the Malchus, the Chasen and the Kala, the Torah and the Tefillah, which is basically the connection of the two trees, the tree of life, Torah is the tree of life, and the tree of good and bad, which is referring to Mitzvah, is referring to this world. And like it explained, Rebbe at length in the Kuntos Chaim, by, by, by basically doing, creating this union, Again, of Zon Malchus, Toiran Fila, Chasan and Kala, Shaman the Jewish people, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna very, very soon and very quickly, we're gonna come to the ultimate union and the complete union and the complete wedding. And it's gonna be done in a way that's gonna be everlasting. And it's gonna happen very, very soon and very, very quickly. And Moshe is gonna be here, who represents the Chasan, Toira. Aaron is gonna be here, who represents prayer and our spiritual work. And we're going to bring all the sacrifices like the mitzvah, the way Hashem wants us to do it. And how much more so the idea of ner mitzvah, the candle of doing all the mitzvot, and specifically the ner, the candles of the menorah, which is going to be the base of Migdash. The, ne- the candles of the Mishkan and the Migdash, the base of Migdash, the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash. And literally very, very soon and very, very uh, quickly, we're going to have the candles of the third base of Migdash, which will happen very, very soon. Very soon and very, very quickly, um, obviously in the in our days. And let's talk a hope that the next class, we will all be together in Yerushalayim, Irakoidesh, with Mashiach, Tzitkenu. Again, I always say is it's a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse, such a whole new, whole new dimension, a whole new light of the idea of after the Sava. Literally, we're able to bring in the Torah within us by, as we learned, through the, with the proper bittal, through the proper prayer, through the, the tools that we learned. But ultimately, as we create that powerful union of between, between us and our Kaddish Baruch Hu, will merit, as Rebbe says, ultimately the greatest union with Mashiach Tzedkenu. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.